just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. What does the data say about crime in Salt Lake City? From theft to homicide, we've now got a dashboard. Plus, a surprising take on the Ivory Homes debacle and a few local shout-outs. Executive producer Emily Means joins me to break it down in our midweek news roundup. It's Wednesday, February 7th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Just a heads up, this episode does make mention of rape and other violent crimes. Take care while listening. Good morning, executive producer Emily Means. Good morning, host Ali Vallarta. So nice to check in with you. Always. And good morning to our CityCast Salt Lake founding members. If you have already become a member of this show, thank you so much. We see you. We got a literal pop-up on our screen when you become a member. We know your names. We can't wait to know your faces better. To anyone who's listening to this show, looks forward to our news roundups on Friday. Now we're doing them on Wednesday. If you like getting information from this show, if you want to support and sustain our work and you want us to keep doing this for a long time, I am asking you to become a founding member of CityCast Salt Lake. You can do it in just a few minutes. You can do it at membership.citycast.fm. You can gift it to a friend or a honey for Valentine's Day. It's a pretty affordable way to support local journalism. And this community, because I think what we talk about on this show is more than just the news. We talk about volunteer opportunities and restaurants and God, what don't we talk about? Lots of other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) If it's happening in Salt Lake, we're talking about it. Yeah. So true. I mean, how can we sell people on this? I think we've already done it with the work that we're doing here at CityCast Salt Lake. That's the main reason why you should become a member is to uh, support this news and information that you rely on every single day. A couple of other reasons. You can get ad-free podcast listening. You get some fun Mm -hmm. member exclusives Like this week, producer Ivana Martinez will be sending a little love letter to our members. So sign up at membership.citycast.fm and we appreciate you so very much. Yeah, in in December, I did a members-only gift guide that I think people really enjoyed. I can tell by how much they clicked through all of our suggestions. Um, more to come on that front. We Oh, we did a walking tour of the Green Loop with members. So we're thinking through it, but be a founding member and then you can be part of building this membership program with us and sort of establishing what it looks and feels like. With that, let's talk about crime. <laughs> Segway There's no queen. good transition into crime. <laughs> the headline here is that according to the Salt Lake City Police Department and the mayor's office, in 2023, a year that I can't believe is already behind us, 
overall crime in this city dropped to a 15-year low. Mm -hmm. Citywide, we saw a almost 10% reduction in violent crime, though it is worth noting, huge caveat there, the number of homicides or killings remains the same. Mm -hmm. Not seeing movement in those numbers. That's a big one. But rape, robbery, burglary, car thefts, all down last year. What do you make of this, Em? Mm, I don't know. I'm not a crime expert, honestly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, what I make of this, I think this is something that we're seeing nationally as well. We're seeing crime trends kind of fall back to where they were pre-pandemic. And it was interesting, Allie, you know, we've got colleagues in Portland as well, CityCast Portland. And just this week, yeah. they also did a breakdown of their crime data showing that it's, that it's decreased uh, in the past year. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is something that we heard a lot about during the mayoral race, something that candidate Rocky Anderson was really fixated on. Um, and what police chief Mike Brown says the overall decrease is due to is partnerships with federal and state law enforcement, as well as with the community. They've also put more police officers in crime hotspots. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the lay of the land here. I think that, you know, obviously this data is great news. But also, there is a lived experience by people in this city who might see this and be like, okay, sure, but I'm still, you know, walking around my neighborhood feeling unsafe. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're hearing this a lot on the West Side. Uh, when we talked with West Side Salt Lake City Council members Alejandro Puy and Victoria Petro, they said that safety was a huge concern for their residents. So the data looks mm -hmm good, but the lived experience, I think maybe there's some question there still. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we got simultaneously with this report on crime is a brand new public crime dashboard for the city that is being updated by the Salt Lake City Police Department monthly. We will link it in the episode description so that you can have a browse on your lunch break today if you're in the mood. And it gives you sort of like a list of kind of like, what would we call them? Like types of crime. So like criminal mm -hmm. homicide, rape, robbery, burglary. And then it tells you the three-year average, the change over time, last year's numbers, and the numbers so far this month or into this year. And I'm looking at it right now and I'm seeing like, okay, selected month, January 2024, rape, 13 that's 13 too many rapes for me in a city of 208,000 people. Um, the thing about crime is that it's always going to fall on this, like, it's all, always going to fall on this spectrum. It's always going to be about perspective. And I think this is something that the mayor has said that I appreciate is, like, whatever the numbers say, safety is always going to be a priority in this community. And it's, it's never going to stop having to be something we think about because until every single one of us is safe – None of us is safe, right? Which is an approach that we hear to a lot of things from activists often. And I think it is worth noting, like when we talk about data that comes from the police about what's happening in our community, getting that data relies on a couple things. It relies on, A, people calling the police. Right. And it relies on 
how you feel about information that comes from the Salt Lake City Police Department is going to be really informed by how you feel about the Salt Lake City Police Department. How much trust do Salt Lakers have in this department? And that's very connected to whether or not they call the police Mm -hmm. if they feel unsafe or if they are the victim of a violent crime. I can't help but look at a declining number, for example, rapes in this community and wonder if that has to do with the fact that calling the police because you are a victim of a rape is something that has become more frightening as we pass more laws that make people feel less safe if they, for example, might need to seek an abortion or a a morning after pill or like there's so much policing of our day-to-day lives and bodies happening in this state right now that I think a lot of people are reticent of more policing. Right. More police doesn't necessarily mean uh, more safe for many people. And I think that's what's kind of interesting about this approach by the Salt Lake City Police Department, you know, especially in regards to hot spots. Right. Mm. We saw in Ballpark, I think just a year or so ago that, you know, they opened a new police substation. And we're also seeing that they're opening a new downtown police precinct. So, you know, who will feel safer with that more targeted police presence in downtown? You know, probably like business owners and people potentially who patronize those businesses, um, but will, you know, our unsheltered neighbors who are living downtown feel safer because of that? I don't know. So as you said, it's all about perspective. I think you're breaking news right now on this show, Emily, about a new downtown police precinct oh, on shoot. First South. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's been reported yet, but uh, that's coming. That's coming. It was mentioned in yesterday's episode. So if you didn't pick up on it, yeah, that's the news. It's happening. That's happening. Around 100 South and I think Main Street. I got to tell you, Ellie, I was down in that area, like in the mall area yesterday, and I couldn't quite figure out where this new precinct will be. But that's the general area. So keep an eye out for that. I similarly was walking first south the other day. I was on my way to Harmon City Creek and I was kind of trying to figure out where it could be. And I noticed like Nostalgia Cafe has kind of closed for yes, renovations. That's right. And I was like, is Nostalgia Cafe going to reopen as a police? <laughs> like, so I'm just like, anything could happen in this city. Like <laughs> the face of like these storefronts and these buildings and these streets are changing so rapidly. I'm like, this thing could be anywhere. Like, <laughs> that is so funny, Allie. I, like I said, I was right by the mall and I was like, is Forever 21 going to close? And that'll be the new police <laughs> precinct. <laughs> Honestly, that new liquor store on 3rd South looks like a Forever 21. It's like all glass, <laughs> lots of stairs. I'm like, just make it a Forever 21. Oh or God. let's price liquor like how we price clothes at Forever 21. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, 
music and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Emily Means, let's move up to the avenues where there is a debacle happening at 13th and F Street that I am calling Ivory Homes versus Ivory Hoes. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> oh, man, we are going to get so many emails. The uh, Ivory Homes, which is a... A builder that, like, I don't know. It's the builder. You, you know you're a Utahn when you know about Ivory Homes. Right. They're just everywhere all at once building up stuff. And they have now, for four years, been trying to convert this lot at F Street and 13th. So, like, way upper avenues, like, almost at the top, into something they're calling Capital Park Cottages, which is basically... It's going to be 21 homes. So there's 14 that are kind of duplex style townhomes and then seven single family like detached homes. And then almost all of these will have a space dedicated to an ADU or an accessory dwelling unit, like a mother-in-law kind of apartment, either internally in the design or externally on the property. And the people of the avenues are and have been kind of raising arms about this for years now. They hate this project. So uh, let's be clear. The Salt Lake City Planning Commission just recently approved this project, which is uh, Mm -hmm. why we're chatting about it. Seven to one. Seven to one. Those are pretty, pretty good numbers. Contest. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. And what the people in the avenues are saying is that it's just too dense. Uh, I think the quote in uh, Building Salt Lake was, they're cramming people in like sardines. And Hallie, the project you just described, what did you say? 14 duplex townhomes, seven single family homes. Mm -hmm. Does that sound too dense to you? 
No. I mean, technically, if you have less than 21 units on an acre, your project is considered low density. And so this is like kind of teetering on it. But what's interesting is like most of these houses are going to be, I think they're three, around three bedrooms, which is pretty big for the upper avenues. Like like these are kind of sized to the upper avenues. Like if you're thinking lower avenues, right, you've got those like smaller kind of single family homes really close to each other, small yards, like definitely more density. The higher up you go, they get more mid-century modern looking and less like kind of historic 1920s Victorian looking. And the lots get bigger. The lots are And the huge. houses get bigger. Um, but the reality is I think of the avenues as kind of being downtown. Like to me, like it is a neighborhood in an urban mm, center. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it is Salt Lake City. The fact that it is a, you know, four and a half minute drive from downtown to the avenues. I'm like, y'all are in the city. Like we live in a city. This is not a suburb. But I think people have enjoyed sort of this like hybrid urban suburban lifestyle in the avenues, which is one of the things that makes the city that neighborhood so sought after. It's very walkable. There's tons of parks. You can like go downtown and have a meal and walk home. But in the upper avenues, you're still driving. So or maybe you're taking the bus that it took forever to get approved because people didn't want a bus in the upper avenues because it's quote unquote too loud. Yeah, Allie. Uh, I mean, I did a little uh, Google Maps, you know, image search or whatever on this property. And if you look around it, like at the homes directly around it, there are mansions on like huge, huge plots of land, like lush green lawns. And Mm -hmm. I... (laughs) don't know that it's fair for anyone in a mansion to be like, there shouldn't be more homes here. You know, like more people shouldn't live up here. Mm -hmm. So let me just say uh, there has been really strong opposition, uh, particularly from this group, Preserve Our Avenues Zoning. And they fought pretty hard against this project. I think Ivory Homes made quite a few design concessions. Um, As you Mm -hmm. said, like this has been back and forth and back and forth for like four years. Um, But I was really struck by this quote on their Facebook page that we were always swimming upstream against a city that is desperate for more housing. And yeah, the city is desperate for more housing. Like, it's all part of the plan, man. (laughs) Like, we know that housing is unaffordable here and we have subscribed to this model of, you know, supply and demand where we need to build more units so that more people can afford to live here. You know, there's arguments for and against that. Um, Maybe there are other ways to do it. But this is the way the city is approaching this. So I don't know. I was really struck by that. And the Salt Lake Tribune reported that this group will formally appeal this decision by the Planning Commission. And so in the meantime, I mean... I we're still down units. Yeah. I think there's this really interesting point that's made when we think about like either densifying or diversifying the kind of housing in neighborhoods like the avenues, which is don't you want your kids to be able to live here? Right? Like people who are established and settled in these neighborhoods own a single family home that they themselves probably potentially couldn't buy today. Like I rent a condo 
in the lower avenues. I cannot afford to live in my neighborhood. I could not afford to buy in my neighborhood. I could not afford to rent a house in my neighborhood. I rent a one bedroom condo, right? And so it's like, what is the point of building a place that has so much character and so much walkability and is so safe and has all these wonderful, wonderful perks if nobody can afford to be there, if your own child could not afford a piece of the pie, right? Yeah. Like, then what's the point? You're just building it for yourself? That's not community care, right? Mm. What are you saving? Salvage mm -hmm. what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no future. Yeah. So it's like, I think that sort of is a paradigm shift in thinking about this. The one thing I will say about this lot that Avenue's residents have complained about that I'm a little bit on board with is like, it's weirdly, it's very steep. Like it's on this very steep slope. And I do, it does kind of freak me out because, and I think like this is a question that this debacle kind of raises and that comes up a lot when we talk about development in this city is like, should we trust developers to act in our best interests? Like how much do we trust developers, right? Like, right. and so it's like, when I see building happening on like steep lots or like in unusual places, I'm just like, oh God. Right. <laughs> Never right. forget the Draper home slides, you know? Like I do think there's like, there should always be more than necessary accountability and ire around development because that protects us from a nearly unchecked capitalist system of development. <laughs> but like at the same time, I'll tell you, Emily, I don't like this Ivory Homes project, but the reason I don't like it is because I don't think it's dense enough. I would like them to build a condo there. Like mm. on one block, my building has a hundred units and they are all either two twos or one bedroom, one baths, right? Like that is to me, and it's what? It's seven stories high, six stories high. It's not mat, It's not a skyscraper at the top of the avenues, but it's like, that would be a more affordable approach to housing people in the upper avenues than these homes. I went on Zillow this morning just to kind of like see what's up. Just down the street from this development, a single family home is listed for $1 million. I did the same thing, Allie. You <laughs> I was did? like, how much are homes going for there? Did you see the one, the condo that's on, I think, the same street as this development that granted is a four bedroom, five bath condo, which is big, but it is listed for $8 million. I'm like, absolutely no one should be talking about affordable housing on that block if you are building single family or even a townhome. That's just not even like, remove affordability from the conversation because mm. that is shenanigans to say that this is an affordable housing development. Well, like, and I am very curious how much these are going to go for. I mean, it's in a prime spot, right, Ali? It like overlooks or it yeah. comes really close to overlooking like Memory Grove. I'm sure there's a fabulous view of the Capitol. How much are these going to go for? I don't know. Um, but yeah, probably less than the $2 million that they're selling the house for down the street. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. At the end no. of the day, Ivory Homes is a for-profit company. They want to make money. That's right. So, you know, right. they're going to make money. Can I say one more thing about this proposal and then we can move on to shout outs? Go ahead. I think they're ugly. <laughs> 
Well, I think you and the Preserve Our Avenues zoning Facebook group probably feel the same That's way. That's called middle ground. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, let's give some shout outs and get out of here. Emily, you first. Allie, last night, my apartment building's fire alarm went off at 3 (laughs) a.m. And and so this shout out is to the Salt Lake City Fire Department (laughs) who came to our apartment complex in the middle of the night and did a whole walkthrough of the building. It probably took them maybe like... 20 minutes or something to determine that there was, in fact, no fire. There was no danger. And I know they were just doing their jobs, but I really appreciate that they came over and uh, checked things out for us and turned the alarm off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Woof. I mean, it's scary, especially when you live in an apartment building when the fire alarm goes off because you're just like, it could have been someone smoking a cigarette or burning some midnight toast or... It could be a fire. You just <laughs> like you don't, don't know. <laughs> like we share this space and here we go. I also feel like standing outside of my apartment building watching the fire alarm beep with my neighbors is like the most college memory yeah. experience. Like you're just like, this is dorm life to all be standing outside watching the fire alarm because like someone lit a cigarette in their dorm or whatever. <laughs> it was like, the first time I saw many of my neighbors, Allie. <laughs> So, yeah. Were you holding your cat? At our worst. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. <laughs> we were all holding our respective cats. It was it was quite the night. So shout out to the Salt Someone's Lake City Fire like Department. Someone's got like a fishbowl. Like, what about Bob? They're like holding a fishbowl. Like, well, here we go. We're all in this together. I love that. <sighs> okay. Last Friday, I went to Gourmandise, which is the little like French kind of bistro on 3rd East with my friend Kate. And that place was absolutely poppin'. I always forget how busy it gets in there, especially in the evening. You've got date night. You've got meetings. There is something about that place that is really delightful. And it is such a watering hole. Like, you walk in there on a Friday night and you see every kind of person from all over this city. It is, like, remarkable. But I was looking at the menu, deciding what to order, and I saw this one menu item, which is my shout out. It is called the, quote, my honey's not really hungry. <laughs> it is around $8. And here's what, it, here's what you get with it. French fries, grapes, and two strips of candied local bacon. <laughs> and I'm Sounds like, like girl dinner to me. <laughs> they literally put girl dinner on the menu. It's like... Literally, I mean, maybe I should be offended by it, but it is a menu item designed for like someone's boyfriend or like husband or best friend to order for them when they're like, no, I'm good. And they know 
that they're going to eat everything I'll on just, your plate. I'll just have a couple fries of your fries. You just order them the my honey's not really hungry and they're going to get just a couple little things to pick at. <laughs> I think this is beautiful. That's funny. So shout That's out. genius. I'd like to see more restaurants do that this year. Yeah, exactly. You I know get what I so want? excited when I see a half size of something like Completely. public offers, public kitchen offers like a half size of their French toast. And I'm like, that's perfect. You know, it's four dollars. It's two slices of toast. Mm-hmm. And that's all I need. So more more little bites, more little bites. Yeah. I just want a salty little something. And I and I would like to see the my honey's not really hungry on the menu at like every single bar across this city. Like just Just make it like a little bowl of peanuts or like a little popcorn. And like it doesn't even have to have a hot thing like French fries or maybe some tots like something you could throw in the microwave. You know what? Just go to Trader Joe's and get like some microwave dips. We just want snacks. Little Trader Joe's snacks on a plate. Just put them behind the bar. Nice, Sally. (laughs) All right. Executive producer Emily Means, have a great day. Have a great day, Allie. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. You can become a founding CityCast Salt Lake member at membership.citycast.fm. And if you've already done it, thank you. 